0: Our scripture reading tonight, of course, is Luke chapter 2. The entire reading is verse 1 to 20, but I'm going to read verses 1 to 7 now. Uh, If you've been around the church for a while, you've heard this story your whole life. Uh, But it is so beautiful, so worth telling over and over again. So, Luke chapter 2, right now, verses 1 to 7. Listen, friends, for the word of God as it is proclaimed by God's servant, the evangelist Luke. In those days a decree went out And who was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for her to deliver her child, and she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in bands of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. This is the Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. God. So uh, one of the favorite decorations that we put up at our house each year is one that my wife Whitney and I uh, bought many years ago, back before we had kids, at this really cool little uh, local store in the neighborhood where we lived at the time. Over the years since, we've moved four times, uh, that is the the life of a Methodist pastor, and in each of the five homes we've been in since then, we've always hung this, this favorite Christmas decoration in a prominent place at our home here in Plano uh, as you come down the stairs it's on the wall directly in front of you so that all of us see it multiple times a day this time of year and it's a it's a metal sign and it's got uh, seven stockings that spell out the word believe and i'm sure you've noticed how common that sentiment is this time of year. Uh, Maybe you even have the word believe on some of your Christmas decorations. Uh, The word believe is found on Christmas ornaments and Christmas T-shirts and Christmas pillows and Christmas signs, uh, even yard signs apparently, as in this graphic here. And it's not just a theme in decorations, of course. The notion that we should believe is the fundamental plot point for lots of Christmas movies. From miracle on 34th street to the santa claus from it's a wonderful life to elf so many of our favorite movies this time of year have a lot to do with the notion that belief is the answer to whatever problem the main character is facing and in pop culture uh, the encouragement for us to believe this time of year is a decidedly secular idea those ornaments and t-shirts and pillows and Signs are encouraging us to believe in, uh, you know, the magic of the season or in Santa or in the possibility of some Christmas miracle that makes our holiday wishes come true. And listen, if you know me at all, you know that I fully support all of those things. (laughs) I am all in on the wonder of the season. And an important part of the wonder of this season includes. Christmas magic and Santa and Christmas miracles. God knows the world needs uh, all the wonder that it can get these days. And it seems to me that the, the more things that fill us with wonder, the better. Even if it means uh, packing into the Christmas season, a lot of extra stuff that really does not have anything at all to do with the baby Jesus. But all that extra stuff is, is not why we're here tonight. All that extra stuff is not why you're in church at 6.30 p.m. on Christmas Eve. Now, to be sure, uh, I hope that you experience all the wonder that this season has to offer Christmas magic and Santa and Christmas miracles and holiday wishes. But when it comes to believing, in this place, we're talking about something much more specific, you're here tonight because uh, you believe or you want to believe or you hope to believe or at least you are open to believing in what God has done in Christ. You're here uh, because there's something about the music and the pageantry and the story and the theology of this night that, that speaks deeply to your soul. And I'm happy that you found this blessed place on this blessed night because there are lots of people in the world who do not believe in anything. There are lots of people who do not want to or hope to, who are not open to believing in the story that we're retelling tonight. I don't have to tell you that we live in a skeptical and cynical age an age of suspicion and mistrust and anger and division. We live in an age when, for many, faith is just not part of their experience. There are too many people in the world who have far more skepticism and cynicism and disbelief and doubt than they have faith. Since the turn of the 21st century, it's gotten worse, and of course, it's been exacerbated by all that we've gone through as a society over the past couple of years, there was a, an article in the Wall Street Journal earlier this month that reported these trends. According to the Pew Research Center, only 63% of Americans now identify as Christians. That's down from 65% just a couple of years ago in 2019. It's down from 78% in 2007. While 29% now identify as having no religion at all. That's up from 26% before the pandemic, and up from 16% in 2007. And even if you can't keep all of those numbers in your head, the shift in the numbers is unmistakable. And it means that that far too many people are uh, missing out (laughs) on all that this night has to offer. So whether you're uh, here tonight for the very first time, whether you've been here all along, whether you're here because your mama really wanted you to be here, (laughs) or you're back for the first time since the pandemic, I'm glad you're here and I'm making an assumption. Uh, I'm making an assumption that you're here because you believe or you want to believe or you hope to believe, or at the very least you are open to believing In what God has done in Christ the message of this night is for everyone including the 29% of Americans who do not claim any religion anymore it's a message of joy and hope and love and peace a message it seems to me that this cynical and skeptical and angry and divided world needs to hear and to rehear and to rehear It's the message that was heard for the first time in those fields outside Bethlehem so long ago. In that region, there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth. Peace But Mary treasured all these words and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. Amen. Now I'm biased on this, to be sure, uh, and this certainly is not going to surprise you. Uh, I believe that we are spiritually impoverished uh, if we don't believe in anything. Ted Lasso fans, you can get a Believe ornament for your Christmas tree. (laughs) I think that our lives are diminished when we don't put our faith in something bigger than ourselves, something that, that gives our lives meaning and purpose and hope. I know I'm in the business, and I know you expect me to say this kind of thing, but I believe that it's essential that we believe. But, but, I also think that it's really important that our most passionately held beliefs be about the most important things, (laughs) the ultimate things, the things that form us and shape us, shape how we live, shape how we show up in a world that needs all the joy and wonder and kindness that it can get. And more to the point on this night in particular, I am convinced that whatever else we may believe or think we believe, about the wide range of subjects that we hold most dear, and it's different for all of us, but I'm talking about politics and economics and social issues and whatever else whatever else it is that you are passionate about, whatever else we may believe or think we believe, our ultimate faith and love and devotion and worship and adoration and trust and confidence and hope has to be, <laughs> it has to be, y'all, in the one who believed in us enough to become one of us. (laughs) That's the story that we retell tonight. It's the story of redemption and grace and love that began in Bethlehem more than 2,000 years ago. The great truth of our faith that God believed in us enough to become one of us, to teach us how to live, to heal us, to save us, to show us how to love God and how to love one another. That's the message of Christmas. It's an invitation for us to believe, to put our faith in the Messiah whose birth was good news of great joy for all the people. It's an invitation for every one of us, no matter what it is that brought us here tonight. On Christmas Eve many years ago, I lay quietly in my bed I did not rustle the sheets. I breathed slowly and silently. I was listening for a sound, a sound. I was afraid I'd never hear the ringing bells of Santa's sleigh. (laughs) I'm guessing that even if we had not put that movie poster up, you would know those opening lines and where they came from. Some of you would anyway. When it came out in theaters almost 20 years ago now, the tagline of the Polar Express was, this holiday season, believe. And the movie is based on the 1985 book uh, by the same name. It's a book that won the Caldecott Medal that year for the most distinguished American picture book for children, the Polar Express has of course become a classic that I'm guessing that some of us, maybe many of us, read or watch. Every year and just in case you're unfamiliar with the story as the movie opens the narrator an eight-year-old boy is lying in bed And he's listening for the ringing bells of Santa's sleigh when he falls asleep and when he awakes He hears a different sound he hears the sound of hissing steam and Squeaking metal and the heavy rumbling of this magical train that's pulled right up in front of his house And he's dumbfounded and he walks outside and he's invited to climb aboard by the conductor now when the boy hesitates, the conductor shows him a piece of paper. It's got his picture on it and it has a description. It says here, no photo with a department store Santa this year, no letter to Santa, and you made your sister put out the milk and cookies. Sounds to me like this is your crucial year. <laughs> if I were you, I'd think about climbing on board. And reluctantly, of course, the boy boy boards the train. Away they go on this adventure to the North Pole where he meets Santa. He receives the coveted first gift of Christmas. More importantly, though, he makes one of the most important choices that every one of us has to make at some point in our lives. I think the Polar Express on this night especially is a wonderful allegory for our journey of faith. Do we believe, <laughs> and if so, in what? And where does God rank our belief in God among all the other beliefs that we have? Where does, where does God rank among those priorities? Almost two years into this pandemic, at a moment in our nation's life when there is so much division and anger and cynicism and mistrust, in the midst of this broad cultural shift away from organized religion and away from faith in general. Is this your crucial year? (laughs) Is this a crucial moment in your life when you have to decide what it is that you believe above all else? In the Polar Express, there's this uh, recurring theme about those who can and cannot hear bells ringing. And the idea is that uh, those who have faith, those who believe, experience the world differently than those who do not. And I think there's so much great wisdom in that, (laughs) so much terrific theology in that, that those who believe experience the world differently than those who don't. The story opens with this boy straining to hear the bells of Santa's sleigh, but even when he arrives at the North Pole and sees the reindeer kicking and sees the bells on their harnesses bouncing, even when one of those bells flies off of its harness and lands at his feet and he picks it up and he shakes it next to his ear, still he cannot hear a thing until he makes his crucial choice closes his eyes, and he says, you know, do you remember what he says? He says, I believe. I believe. I believe. The bell from Santa's sleigh ends up becoming the first gift of Christmas, and when the boy finds it under the tree the next morning, uh, his parents assume that it's broken because they can't hear it. But he and his little sister Sarah and hear it just fine. Both the movie and the book close with these words. At one time, most of my friends could hear the bell, but as years passed, it fell silent for all of them. Even Sarah found one Christmas that she could no longer hear its sweet sound. Though I've grown old, the bell still rings for me, as it does for all who truly believe. Friends, I don't know where you find yourself on your journey of faith. I don't know if this is your crucial year. <laughs> In some ways, I suppose every year is our crucial year because what we believe really does matter. On this night of all nights, when the music is and the pageantry, and the story, and the theology speak deeply to our souls. May you believe (laughs) that to you, this day is born a Savior. And may you believe that before you ever believed in God, God believed in you. (laughs) Thanks be to God. Amen.